0: See, we're going to get the call here. We're getting the right call. That's all that matters. After review, good call. Good goal. After reviewing the play, the call on the ice stands. We got a goal.
1: And we are live, Rangers and overall hockey fans. Thank you guys so much for chiming in. This is episode 48 of Rangers Review. Myself, Wardy, as many of you guys know me from Wardy NYM also, where I cover the Mets. And yes, we have stat boy Steven here. We haven't talked in basically three weeks. It's kind of insane the last time that we did an episode, but that was because of the All-Star break happening, of course, and then... We waited until we saw at least the first couple games so that way we can review them, which is exactly why we're called Rangers Review. So we'll be doing that for the last three games the Rangers, their first three post-All-Star break. Then we'll be again into, towards the end, uh, really a preview of the upcoming games that start tonight. Now for episodes, I would like to make it clear that we do try to at least record a day prior Towards when a game is going to happen, like a new one, but unfortunately, just based on timing and circumstances, we weren't able to do that today. So the Capitals do play tonight. We'll be previewing that along with the next couple games to the Rangers too. But a lot of dive in here for the Rangers. That thankfully, post All Star break, they were in more the one column than the lost column. But these wins were a lot more grinding. Again, you can expect it knowing that they're coming back from a significant break. But there's a lot of takeaways from this. There's plenty of positives. There's some negatives, a lot to break down. And of course, guys, we'll be uh, breaking down, answering your questions if you are watching on YouTube, wherever you if uh, for Rangers Review. So make sure to stay for that as well. If you're here in the live chat right now, if you're watching replay or wherever, you get your podcast. Thank you guys so much for being here, listening as always. But enough of me talking. Steven, how are you doing today, my friend?
0: Good, good. Yeah. Uh, apologies for everyone who expected us to record yesterday, but. About thirty minutes before we started the recording, I just wasn't feeling well, and I told Tyler to uh, postpone it for a day. Um, unfortunately, after two years, the COVID virus has hit me. So, um, it tested positive last week. Uh, I've been dealing with headaches, uh, you know, stomach aches, coughs, uh, but feeling better now. Uh, definitely better than a week ago. So, um, I'm I'm definitely on my way back. So, uh, yeah, glad to be uh, glad to be back with this as well.
1: You know, I'm happy that you're feeling better because I've been missing Rangers hockey, and I'm really excited for tonight. You know, at, at the time that you guys are listening to this, you might have already seen the Rangers play the Capitals. Maybe I'm sounding stupid for being excited for this game, depending on what that outcome is, depending on when you're listening or watching, but still. Why were you Rangers... excited? We lost 5-1. <laughs>
0: <Yeah. laughs>
1: because when I think about the Capitals, and again, this is before we get into the games that the Rangers have played their past three, uh, I, just, I yeah. have PTSD from the first game of this season. I was in attendance, of course, in D.C., and that was – one of the worst games the Rangers have had all season, to be quite honest if you, not the worst was that opening night. Um, that was not fun. Yeah. Um, so we're playing the Caps again tonight. But before we get into all that, let's get into the past three games to the Rangers, in which they went 2-0-1 during that span. They are currently sitting at the time of being live here, third in the Metro Uh, with a total of 32 wins, 13 losses, and five overtime losses. And, yeah, they're staying steady. I really can't complain too much. Um, I do have complaints, naturally, as a fan about certain things that we'll be getting into for a second. But, Steven, do I have the belt? I'm pretty sure I have the belt. Well, And I honestly don't remember. That's why I'm asking you.
0: You did have it. I did have it. But do I still have it? You don't have it anymore. I'm trying to find the piece of paper where I wrote it down, though.
1: <laughs> it, this is what happens when you have a recording in three weeks. So if you guys are new uh, to Rangers Review on YouTube or where we get your podcast, what we do for every episode towards the end is when we look at the upcoming schedule, say like the next three, four games before we talk again because we do pods weekly. We give our predictions on who's going to win, how many wins are the Rangers going to have, and we do tiebreakers as well, thinking that the Rangers are going to score this amount of goals during that time or whatever it may be if we were both wrong on our prediction. And from the last time, I think at least the last two times or so, I've had the belt. I've been the champ. Um, I don't know if I'm still the champ, though. Am I the champ, Steven?
0: No, I don't think so because neither of us got the record, but I had the fewer goals, and the Rangers haven't scored a lot. So,
1: Oh, if you had fewer goals, okay, then fine. Take it, fine whatever yeah. all right i you know I, I had it for what felt like a month i can live with giving it to you yeah you
0: did you did have it for a month yeah yeah
1: yeah um, No, I, I won't complain about that too much i'll be nice yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> no but it, it's nice to have rangers hockey back of course we had the all-star break which was a week um and then the rangers had their bye week so uh yeah it 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 I don't want to say it felt like off season, but, yeah, it's uh, two weeks without hockey while everyone else is playing. That makes it even worse.
1: Yeah, I think it hit me a little harder just because it's not even yeah. like I have other things going on. I was watching NBA for a bit, but, like, there's nothing going on baseball, and I covered that daily because we're still in a lockout. So there, it was a little upsetting the past couple of weeks. So I'm very happy that, yeah. you know, the Rangers are picking up their schedule yeah, now. And,
0: and and you could tell, uh, to to get right into the recap, you know, that first game against the Bruins, you could tell the Rangers were struggling to get back into, yes. into playing. Yes, clearly in that first game. period, especially. And, you know, I've heard people say, oh, but, you know, they practice every day. Yeah, it's a different intensity. So um, you could tell that the Rangers were struggling. That first period was terrible. However, I, I I was happy we got out of that first period down only one goal. Charlie Coyle scored uh, three minutes in. Mm-hmm. uh assisted by Craig Smith who uh claimed the uh who claimed a bigger uh role for himself in overtime but we'll get to that in a second uh second period Rangers got back into the game you know they were able to create some some offense and I was actually quite happy with how the Rangers played after that first period you know the first 20 minutes as we've said so many times but this time there's actually a valid reason for it the Rangers start slow and when they start slow I mean they, they really have to thank Igor Shashchorkin on their knees for not being down by more than one goal after the first period. But, you know, uh, Rangers tied it up in the third period with a goal by Philip Heedle, his fifth of the season, assisted by Dryden Hunt and Braden Schneider, who got, I think, his fourth point of, this, of his career with this assist. Uh, I think he has one goal and three assists now.
1: Yes, um, that was a nice slapper he got on, and then Strom was able to get there on yeah. that right side for the nice goal
0: uh no 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 this was uh this is the other game this was uh philip hedel that scored from his own rebound
1: oh my mistake yeah i'm I'm thinking ahead i'm thinking about the game that i'm going to be talking about that's probably that's the game you're talking about yeah i want to (laughs) talk about
0: my game first uh (laughs) so yeah then the rangers go to overtime and in overtime they're actually the better team you could tell that you know getting through that third period and scoring a late equalizer you could tell that the rangers were back in it and um you know Eventually, there's uh, something happening in the crease with Shastjorkin. Craig Smith gets called for goaltender interference. Uh, there's contact with the head for Igor Shosturkin. Alexi Lafreniere uh, stands up for his goalie, gets called for two minutes for roughing. So, of course, this is already three on three on the ice. Nothing changes. Um, so it was still three on three for the final two minutes uh, and and twelve seconds. But What happened then is is something that a lot of Ranger fans uh hated. I personally think it was the right call. They probably could have executed it better, but the spotter uh told called downstairs and said Igor Shasturkin has to go into the locker room to get checked up because there was contact with the head. Um and when you you look at it it just sucked. It
1: was it was just it was just terrible timing, unfortunately. It sucks.
0: But if you look at Igor Shasturkin and I've had this conversation on Twitter with people. You know, I brought up the fact that when the camera zoomed in on and he was he was blinking heavily like this, and
1: yeah, that was the like first was thing my dad for, point out when we were watching. He was struggling
0: to focus, and I, I've had people say to me, "Oh, he does that all the time." I don't really care if he does it all the time because that is a clear symptom of a concussion. If you are struggling to focus, if you are like if if you are unable to 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 see properly out of your eyes. That, that that's a potential symptom of, of a concussion. And, yeah, maybe Jorkin does it all the time. It doesn't matter. The spotter sees this. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a possible symptom. So they call him in into the locker room. Shashjorkin wasn't happy. Uh, Slept his stick onto the glass. I was surprised he didn't get fined for that. Um, but yeah, you get, get fined
1: for the stuff that really shouldn't matter nowadays and the stuff that does matter. Yeah, yeah. You don't get fined for Look, it.
0: If the Rangers find just Jorkin uh, $5,000 for that, I, I don't think there's anything <laughs> you can say you, you can, you can argue against it, you know, um, in need of the moment, I understand it, but it's something they can find you for. Luckily they didn't find him, but, uh, Rangers get through overtime uh, without conceding a goal and they take it to a shootout. Your gift comes in cold. Uh, I don't think he made any saves. Let me quickly check, uh, Nope, no saves in 41 seconds for for, for Alexander Georgiev. Uh, so no shots on goal for for, for Boston. Um, and then we go to the shootout and something unbelievable happens. Igor yes. Georg comes back out of the locker room and the garden explodes. Um, and you know in that shootout, uh, the first first three rounds, each team score score twice uh the a abandoned in the first round Panarin in the second round and then Coyle tying it up in the in the third round and then a whole bunch of unsuccessful attempts by both teams yep uh, uh Lafreniere Howla, Fox Hall Strome, McAvoy Kreider, Frederick Edel Fellino, Hunt Craig Smith uh and when when Craig Smith missed there was something you could feel it there was yeah. something there because Craig Smith of course the bad guy from overtime Mm -hmm. unable to convert against Igor Shashjorkin and then Keandre Miller finishes it in uh in the ninth round of the shootout yeah um I gotta say I have been very critical of the shootout I think it's 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 not hockey I I think it's it's still better than a tie but I don't want games to end that way but, boy, have we seen some good shootouts this season with the Rangers.
1: We have. They, they Thankfully, yeah. they have been entertaining. Even if you have that gap of no one's scoring, it doesn't change the fact that your heart is pounding the entire yeah. time from the anticipation. Yeah, and yeah no, it's been really entertaining. Yeah. I agree.
0: Yeah, there have been some really good shootouts. Even when we lost, there have been some really good shootouts for the Rangers this season. So and maybe that's- a little bit of a redemption for the shootout itself this year. Yeah. Um, yeah, the rangers win in a shootout they beat the boston bruins they go to 31 13 and 4 um and and something i'll touch on after the after the Ottawa senators game but um only three penalties for the boston bruins there was a cross-checking call on thomas nosek and a tripping call on charlie mcavoy those are the first penalties uh for for boston in the game in the third period that's a theme that I saw in all three games and I I think you're going to touch on it in the in the Red Wings game as well um it's it's interesting to see how teams have found a way to neutralize our offense and it's as simple as it as you as 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 you thought it could be you know stay out of the box and you have a chance to beat this team
1: yep and, that, and that's been the narrative for the Rangers for a while. I've seen a lot of people talking on social media about that. And look, they're yeah. not wrong. To a certain degree, they're definitely not. We know the Rangers and the struggles that they that they have clearly had five on five this season and how important special teams has been for them, both defensively and offensively. But especially looking at this game, yes, it was a grind for the Rangers. But after having such an abysmal first period start, which is something that I think we've seen plenty of this season, especially over the last, you know, I don't know how many games, a good portion of games we've seen the Rangers get off to slow starts, but how they rebound thankfully and in this one again they outshot the bruins 34 to 32 one face-offs against boston which definitely doesn't hurt 55 to 45 hits favored rangers 36 25 blocks were even 13 apiece same thing with giveaways even at 10 apiece and and this one what really stood out to me was just igor's resilience again and that's why he's such he is the highlight of today's episode and you think that he probably is of every episode and more, more often than not he is but to see him especially to come back in in the shootout after not being able to be in overtime and to be as really stellar as he was, was tremendous for this team. The Rangers, of course, this is a broken record, but they wouldn't be anywhere without him. And the same went with the on sewing uh, on the games going forward. And unfortunately the Rangers didn't fare as well in the shootout in this game against Detroit, uh, but there were so many similarities about this Detroit game that I really wonder for all the viewers. Let me know if you're watching live on replay, wherever get your podcast, if you can share with me, what your thoughts are on this, because whenever the Rangers play the Detroit Red Wings, it's always a battle. It's always more difficult than it needs to be. And something that was really smart by the Red Wings in this game was to bring in Thomas Grice and Grice hasn't played much this season, but in similarities to how Jimmy Howard was always a Rangers killer, growing up a diehard Rangers fan, always had that edge to his game. When he played the Rangers, Grice has always been dominant against the Rangers going back to, of course, his main time with the New York Islanders. So, when that happened, I knew that this was going to be a tougher matchup than it probably should have been. Um, Grice definitely made some strong saves in this one. And this game, it started with a frustrating goal. And this, right away, everyone was jumping at it. And I agree. That's like, oh, there goes Zach Jones gaining We're playing time after having a really strong game in, against the Boston Bruins paired with, Braden Schneider, I thought they looked really well, and Gerard Gallant gave them the kudos for that. But, of course, Troy Stetcher in this game against Detroit scores from the point that, unfortunately, deflects perfectly off of Zach Jones' skate. He kind of moved perfectly just for Igor to not even see it. And that will be Stetcher's first of the season, assisted by Adam Ernie. And, yeah, that that was frustrating.
0: By the way, way, how typical a Rangers is it to give a player his first goal of the season in February?
1: Oh, absolutely. Thousand percent. It's, it's like the Rangers that yeah. saw Louis Erickson scored last night. The Rangers gave Louis first of the year. You know, it's, it's stuff like that. It, it always happens. It, it always does. Yeah, yeah. But speaking about at least a defenseman who has been providing offense, who has really impressed me uh someone that you and I have both been very critical at times. And for good reason, this season, I'm really liking what I'm seeing from Keandre Miller, not just on the defensive yeah. front, but offensively, he came up clutch again. What a beautiful wraparound goal to get this game tied in the second period. Just perfect. Absolutely perfect. Love to see that. That was Keandre's fourth of the year, assisted by Barclay Goudreau, his 11th Apple this season. And then, unfortunately, this was the worst bounce imaginable. There was a slapper in the second period at the point in the offensive zone by the Detroit Red Wings, and it just ricocheted perfectly. And... In the hands, right to get a nice snipe off there by their captain and Dylan Larkin. Larkin, who's been on a goal scoring machine, a tear this season, gets a beautiful snipe that Igor simply couldn't do anything about. It was just a perfect shot right off the boards in that right dot, you know, a little bit off angle, just perfect shot, really much you couldn't do. Just bad bounce to the Rangers. Can't blame too much defensively on that one. It just an unfortunate goal to happen. Assisted by Danny DeKaiser and Moritz Seider, who's having a tremendous rookie year. Uh, for the German defenseman, that is his 30th apple of the season. Uh, but then we get into the third period, and this is what has stood out for the Rangers all season long. It's special teams, right? And thankfully for the Rangers and this one, they were able to get that game-time goal right around over halfway through in the third period. On the power play, started because of Igor Shosturkin using his great ability being able to move the puck, something that we haven't seen really with any Ranger goaltender to the same degree as Igor. And again, you're going to see more of that that we'll be talking about shortly with Ottawa that we all know by now. But Igor brings the puck up, gets it in the offensive zone, and it gets set up to Mika for that perfect 1-T in the left dot. That's his 19th goal of the season at this point, assisted by Fox, his 41st Apple of the year, and Panarin with his 40th Apple of the year. So then they go on, and over time, no one scores. Unfortunately, there were chances left and right. Igor was standing on his head like no tomorrow, like he always does, and kept the Rangers in it. And then the Rangers go on into a shootout. And when PS Suter came up, I was just nervous. You know, I'm always nervous about every guy shooting, but especially when it's a guy that hasn't even, like, had a a chance to really do something against Igor before – someone like him i wasn't feeling comfortable he got just a perfect shot off against igor and that ended up winning that one so unfortunately the rangers did lose this one against a team that they should have won i i would definitely make that argument uh in round six they lost in the shootout igor was 31 for 33 on his saves and in the previous game too he's 31 for 32 so he's still standing on his head definitely a game the rangers should have had they had plenty of offensive opportunities in this one especially in the second period but they were just uh first period pardon me but they just couldn't get one uh, a lot of A lot of open nets is what I saw in this one. That was really frustrating. And in the shootout because of that Ryan Strom miss that was oh that that one really, really did not sit well with me as it did for a lot of other Ranger fans. But yeah. That's really all she wrote for this one. The Rangers lost three to two in a shootout to the Detroit Red Wings. They outshot the Red Wings thirty-nine to 55 to forty-six faceoffs favoring, yes, the Red Wings. Power play Rangers Rangers only had one, but that's all they needed. They scored. Uh, hits favored Red Wings fifteen to thirteen. Blocks seventeen to twelve in favor of the Red Wings. And giveaways favored the Red Wings nine to eleven. So, Stephen, any kind of final remarks you want to give about this game?
0: Um, yeah, we we'll quickly want to touch on the Ryan Strom shootout attempt um I know the guy gets a lot of hate for missing an open net, but this
1: was there. This wasn't nearly as bad. I would like to make that clear. No, I get what you're about. No, to say. When
0: you when you look at the attempt, Grice makes contact with the skates. He's off balance. The puck is rolling, yeah. um, and you you could tell Strome was looking at the referee like, "Well, what's what's going on here? You're not yeah. going to call that because it doesn't happen often where goalie makes contact with a with a player skates in the shootout, mm-hmm. and. If Grice would have lost control of his stick, um, then it's called. But unfortunately it wasn't. But that shot wasn't as easy as it looks. Um, but look, Ryan Strome uh is not the type of player that deserves to be uh to be criticized for a missed shootout attempt, you know. Um the guy produces better than anyone expected when we got him. You know, we got him for Ryan Spooner, for Christ's sake. Yeah, let's 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 look at that it's it's one of the one of the better trades in in uh, this century for the Rangers mm-hmm. if you if you if you solely look at what we <laughs> gave up and we won in return oh yeah but look unfortunately you lose to Detroit one of the one of the one of the younger teams in the league and one of the better young teams in the league um they're going to be good moving forward you know Steve Eisenman yeah. is building something special there you can tell um it's it's uh, it's interesting to go up against Lucas Raymond one night and then Tim Stutzler the other. Um, yeah, right. Because of course, point. Of course, the comparisons are made there with Lafreniere. Um, but yeah, you know, you lose to the Red Wings. It happens. You know, you still get a point. You cannot win them all. I think the Rangers played played better actually. It's weird that that the the, the games where the Rangers play really well, they tend to lose because they just they create chances. But they don't have the power play to, to to get it over the line, and this was another example. You know, um, if you look at if you look at the um, if you look at the Rangers, they had one power play. Yep, that's it, and they scored on that power play, um, and and that only got them to overtime. So again, you see it, it's 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 a it's a new trend that you're seeing now. The Red Wings are staying out of the box, and following up against the Senators on Thursday. Uh, where was it, Thursday? Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I think so. No, yeah. wait, some
1: no, 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 it was sat- Saturday, Sunday,
0: yeah, one of the okay. days on the Sunday. weekend. Sorry, yeah, yeah. Sunday, yeah. Got my days little mixed up at the moment.
1: No, me too. I um, understand.
0: Sunday, uh, early, early year game, um, uh, you know, 5 p.m. game, uh, in Ottawa, Rangers go north of the border for the first time in a long time. Um, And again, you know, I'm, I'm getting a really a little bit tired of conceding the first goal in the first five minutes. Um, But another example here, but this one was all on Barclay Goudreau. Um, Yep,
1: it was the yeah bad turnover,
0: bad turnover by Goudreau. Uh, Stitsla, you know, uh,
1: just beautiful uh, shot. Can't even can't can't be mad at Igor on that one. Just beautiful shot by Stitsla.
0: or wait, do do I have my goals mixed up here? Uh, no, no. Stutzla well, well, scored first in this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I I, th- I think there was that goal. But yeah, great snide by Stutzler and I remember saying to someone on Twitter, I I don't want to I don't want to I don't want to say that I prefer stutzler over Lafreniere, but I wish Lafreniere scored a goal, scorer's goal once in a while. You yeah. I and,
1: and we've always felt that said, way.
0: Uh, it, it doesn't matter how you score. Yeah, it does. I mean, I'm a fan. I watch games to be entertained. I I want to see players score nice goals. And yeah, Lafreniere has a bunch of goals, but they're all in the same area. They're all basically with a wide open net from the bottom of the circle, either on a rebound or a cross crease pass. Yeah, it's effective, but I want to see a little bit more from him. So Let me that's put this way. That
1: isn't, that isn't what the Rangers draft him first overall for.
0: Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if Heedle scores... 20 goals like that in a season, I'll be the last one to complain about it. Yeah. But, but you know, you draft someone first overall, you want to see a little bit more. And this goal by Stutzler was one of those goals where I was like, that's what I want to see from Lafreniere, you know?
1: And that um, that's always been the X factors with not just Stutzler but Lucas Raymond. Like I was obsessed yeah. with Raymond in his draft year. Mm-hmm. I I felt very strongly that he is going to be a stud, and we we've seen it on full display so far in his first year with yeah. the Red Wings. And I don't yeah. and I and I genuinely don't know how much of a factor this is, but I do believe, and I don't want you to view this as a stereotype or anything like that, but I do believe that the European aspect of this is important, especially with the style of play, especially with them playing against men. Yes, I know that Raymond didn't get too much time when he was playing uh, in the Swedish league, but uh, when he was getting drafted at least. But same thing with Stutzla. I just think that experience overall has made them better players at a younger age to hit a league like the yeah. NHL versus playing in juniors.
0: Yeah, and, and to quickly touch on that, uh, before I go into the rest of the recap of the Ottawa Senators game, um this is one of the reasons why I'm always arguing against the ring size uh debate.
1: You yeah. know,
0: everyone's always like, oh no, he's coming over from Europe, so he needs to play in the AHL to get used to the smaller rings. Listen, we have Luke this we have Lucas Raymond, we have Anton Lundell, uh we have Moritz Sider, a defenseman. Uh, last season we had Stutzler, uh Niels Hoglander last season. Yes they adjust with ease. It's not the ring size they have to adjust. to. You know, it's when you're good enough, you're good enough. Sebastian Aho never played a game in the AHL. Uh, I think Jonas Donskoy, not a superstar, never played a game in the AHL. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesper Brat of the New Jersey Devils, never played a game in the AHL. They all came over from Europe and they stuck, they stuck around the moment they made the team. When you're good enough, you're good enough. Anyway, um, Circling back to this Senators game, um, the Rangers tie it up about three, about two and a half minutes later. And this Uh, is the goal
1: that I got mixed up earlier. Exactly. (laughs) Ryan Strong
0: getting the end of the season from Braden Schneider and Artemi Panarin. Braden Schneider, who gets his fourth assist, adding to the one goal he has. He has five points uh, in his career so far.
1: Love to see that.
0: Uh, And Artemi Panarin. Uh, you know, assisting on that goal and then getting the game winner in uh near the end on the power play man, what a snipe! And this I, is I, yell, exactly... I
1: screamed at the TV, Steven, when he had the open slot. I was just yelling, Rip it, and then he just slapped it right on glove side. I'm like, Oh, was, thank god.
0: <laughs> I was joking that that Artemi Panarin had been watching Brennan Othman tapes the last yeah. couple of days. Because <laughs> That's in the days prior, Brennan Othman had a couple of breakaways where he just shot, he just he just rifled it behind the goalie, and as you remember, the game before Artemi Panarin had a couple of breakaways, two on ones, mm-hmm. where he insisted on passing. He had a breakaway with Barkley Goudreau, and he passed. Yeah, oh we God. saw
1: two the first two games, especially there, they the Red Wings game. They were definitely yeah. better, but they were just so passive. You could tell. No one it's, it's also it. being
0: rusty, you know. You have to, yeah. and this is this is what what we talked about earlier. You have to get into that that whole vibe of playing games you know the intensity isn't there in practice but Panarin on the power play assisted by Zibanejan and Strom meaning Strom and Panarin have a multi-point game the Rangers edge it out uh, against the Senators in Ottawa and the Senators they're not they're not a good team yet but you can tell that 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 you know they're building something there
1: Oh, they have they, know, have they have so have, many young pieces. They have so many like quality young pieces, though. Yeah, it's not yeah, just for the yeah. sake of having young kids playing because they're in a rebuild. Like they started with oh. that, but now they're to the point where yes, all their young studs that they've drafted with high picks are blossoming, and they have plenty more yeah. too, especially defensively, that have yet to make their debuts.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, There's still Jake Sanderson, who they drafted fifth overall. He's yep. in, in college, I think, still. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the Rangers edged it out. Panarin with his 55th point of the season in 45 games. Um, slowly getting there w- point-wise, you know? And honestly, out of the three seasons he's played so far, <laughs> this is easily the least impressive one by Artemi Panarin. Uh, and he's still, on, and he's still yeah. on pace for more than 100 points. It's it's crazy. He's, he's, he's on pace for, well, maybe not 100, but... He's on pace for like a 90 point season and he's not having having a super season.
1: No, he's not. But it's important when we look at Panarin, just how really effortless he looks. Even the games that you think that he's really not giving at all, he's destined to at least get two assists. And this is something that most Ranger fans can probably agree. We're going to be just seeing year after year, especially with him. If he loses his legs, you know, as he gets towards the end of his contract, like, you're still going to get that playmaking ability. You're still going to get him gain on the uh, score sheet, like really with ease. Like it, it does, you don't even second guess it yeah. with Panarin. You know, yeah. there's an issue with Panarin when he doesn't have a point. Like that's where, he, where it stands out. You know, like we've seen his dominance. We will continue to see it. But yeah, you're right. And in, in regards to since he first became a Ranger a couple of seasons ago, yeah, this is the, you know, the least impressive he's been. But that shows you how spoiled we've been. Because he's still one yeah. of the best in the league, and just he, he just has, hasn't been maybe as flashy as we would like to yeah. say so far. Uh,
0: so Artemi Panarin has 14 games without a point. He has 17 games with multiple points. Yeah, he has more multiple point games than zero point games this season.
1: Yeah, and that, um, that's
0: typical for someone like him. It's 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 fascinating to to watch a, a player in his prime like this wear a, a Rangers jersey for once. But we're not there yet because you know the Rangers won. But man, that final minute! Oh
1: my oh God, my God. It, it was it was normal. It was flashbacks to what I'm used to. <laughs> is what that oh was. Oh my God!
0: <coughs> yeah. Getting his fiftieth career win wasn't enough for Igor Shashorkin. He went for it. He went for the. He went for the empty net. Oh, I'm sorry. You're talking and about and- yes.
1: I know. Oh my God. Yeah. I.
0: Yeah.
1: My man is. He's gonna get one. He. He is hundred percent. He's
0: gonna get one. He's gonna get one. Yes. Hundred percent. He, he didn't get one this game, but man, was he close! Oh boy, and there were hints of this in previous games. You know, yes. as recent as the Red Wings game, where you talked about that outlet pass he made. You know, he goes down on one knee and he passes, and it's just—it's fascinating. And I'm going to say something controversial here. Um, I think even though Henrik Lundqvist's best games were better. I think Jorkins worst games aren't as bad, and that's why I think he'll have a better career.
1: See that the take—that's an interesting take because I—I I tend to agree with you in the sense that it's hard to explain. But with Hank, yeah. his best no, no
0: games, goalie, no his goalie game... will ever get close to Henrik Lundqvist on his game. When Henrik Lundqvist was at his peak, he Correct. was the best goalie in the world. When he was when 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 he zoned in on a game, you knew you were winning it. You yeah. knew he would, he would drag it out of the out of the fire for you. Yeah. But when Lundquist put up a stinker, it smelled bad. And, and it was
1: one of those things where a lot of the times it wasn't necessarily because of him Let, let's look at the defenses of problem right no, you know?
0: but, but if you if you and, and this is something that someone else said the other day if you look at at, at a highlight reel video of henrik lundquist's biggest saves some of those biggest saves are the result of his own mismanagement of the puck there is uh, there's one save against the columbus blue jackets for instance
1: ryan johansson where, yeah yeah
0: yeah yeah that's 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 a, that's a perfect example and there are a couple more more of that you know where great save but if henrik lundquist had half the puck handling ability that just has man I, I don't even want to know what 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 how how good he how good he could have been I, and we're I, talking about a ball him goalie well, look henrik lundquist is the best goalie i'll ever see in a rangers jersey i just think shes will be more consistent
1: Yes, and bef- I want to just recap on the uh, the final Ranger game here for a second, and then I want to go back to what you're saying because it's an important conversation. But again, Rangers outshot Sens thirty-three to thirty. They lost faceoffs fifty-one to forty-nine. Power play again one for two, so that was good. And uh, hits favored Sens thirty to twenty-six. Blocks favored Rangers seventeen to thirteen. And giveaways favored the center uh, Rangers seven to eleven. And Nemeth, of course, was back in this game. Even got the hat. Of course, coming back from being um, I believe he was on uh IR for uh, post COVID symptoms, unfortunately. So I was glad to see him healthy and doing well now. Um, I will say, however, I'm not a fan per se of him being, you know, in the lineup over Jones. I, I still want to see more of that. I really liked what I saw with Jones and Schneider in Boston. And I know that the Detroit game wasn't necessarily as good, but I still want to see more of him and we'll be preaching on that here shortly. But Bye
0: my 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 issue is that Nemeth had a decent game he's still not better than Zach Jones yeah and yeah, and what's that's frustrating exactly what's frustrating is that it took one not even a bad play but let's let's just consider the 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 Detroit goal by uh what's his name stetcher by stetcher if we call that a bad play by Zach Jones for a second it's not a bad play it's just unlucky but yeah it only took one bad play for Jones to, to get taken out of the lineup. Gallant had his David uh, Quinn moment. And I know Gallant said it has nothing to do with his performance. Yeah, listen. A puck a puck deflects in off of Zach Jones' skate, and all of a sudden he's out of the lineup. It's frustrating to see a kid that has been playing better than Nemeth not getting a leash long enough to to absorb one mistake. And that's frustrating. Uh, it is, nothing it against is Nemeth, nothing against Nemeth personally. He's just not an NHL caliber defenseman this season. He may he, have been last season, but on the Rangers, he has not been good enough to play in the NHL, I'm sorry. But no, you're 100%. it is what it is. Um, uh, Jones is back in Hartford now. Um, hopefully he'll get some decent minutes. It also means to me at least that Nemeth is back in the lineup for the foreseeable future with Hayek being the seventh defenseman.
1: And this is, and here's the thing, though. Let's see how long this lasts because we'll be getting into it here towards the end of the episode. But the Rangers have one of the toughest just three game stretches coming up. You know how are they going to fare in these big Metro type moments? So that's going to, yep. be I think, that's really going to stand out. And I know that Galant watches Glant's aware. So I, I appreciate the fact that even though that I haven't agreed with Galant on everything this season, especially regarding the third pair, I you're not talking least,
0: about you're talking about our show, right? he watches
1: yeah our show of course what else would he be doing um he's not watching the actual games No, all jokes aside is that we at least have seen from him his ability to adjust and giving the guys time it hasn't been to the extent that i would mm-hmm. like but i appreciate the fact that we're at least seeing it and i hope we see more of it and i hope that you know i i never i don't want Nemeth to get exposed i want him to play well you know if he's gonna be on the team i want to make sure that he actually is deserving but if he isn't, then let's just see if Galan is going to do a quick adjustment again, maybe over the next week or not. But before we go further, because we have plenty to talk about, especially over these past couple of games on who stood out a little bit further and also taking a look on, you know, what is ahead for the Rangers. Going back to the Igor and Hank discussion, something that I've noticed a lot is that Igor, can he be flashy? Absolutely. We saw him flash the glove on Larkin in that Red Wings game, for example, and he just a stud, you know, in the overtime, he just he just makes every save known a man. Igor has always looked more composed than Henrik Lundqvist because Henrik Lundqvist at his peak, at his best, always, he was still all over the place in the sense that everything was so dramatic. right? That was just a Can't part of his style. And it's something yeah. that you don't see nearly to the same degree with Igor. So I don't disagree with you on the sense that I could see Igor being more consistent. The only thing that I, I guess is really going to be up to Igor is, one, is health and his longevity. Those are the two big things, right? Because Igor has also been gifted with something that Hank was not gifted with for plenty of years throughout his time as a Ranger uh, goaltender, if not all of his years. But, of course, the Rangers still had strong defenses, especially in the Tortorella era. But point being is that Igor, since he has really started out, yes, I know the Rangers didn't have much in his first year. But you can tell the Rangers are starting to develop something nicely defensively. It's going to continue to get better. There is a, yeah. a very strong possibility that Igor is going to have a better defense in front of him statistically than Hank had throughout his career. And I, it feels like that we're going down that route pretty easily. So that's well, another thing to
0: keep in mind. It's, it's, year, it's year three of his career. Well, t- it, yeah, second full season of his yeah. NHL career. And he has a Norris-caliber defenseman in front of him. That helps. It definitely helps. Um, but this team reminds me so much of Lunquist rookie season 05-06.
1: And that's something uh, that I can't relate to, just based on you know, where okay. I was I wasn't watching every game. So I'm it curious was, what your take is.
0: Yeah, so it was it was a, a stellar top line, you know, Jager putting up uh, franchise record numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, that's our Panarin. That's that's our Panarin. Um Although this season you could say it's our Kreider, because Kreider is still yes. on pace to break those records, both total goals and power play goals. But yeah. that team relied so heavily on a top line. And this team relies so heavily on, I don't want to say a top line, because Eddie and strength were just not good enough, but that the power play is carrying them. You know, the power play and goaltending. Um, this team reminds me a lot of the 05 or 06 team. Um, but with with more with more talent uh um coming up you know in 05 six we didn't have half the talent we have coming up now you know we still have uh in hartford robertson longquist jones um in juniors and college we still have othman korzak cooley berard uh, this team this organization and we should we should praise Jeff Gordon for this. Jeff Gordon has put together a, a a a prospect pool that can that can turn this team into a contender for a decade. Um so that's that's definitely exciting. It reminds me a lot of the 05-06 season on the ice, but with a lot more potential. Because that 05-06 Ranger season and 06-07. You know, with with Nylander, Shanahan, Shanahan, uh, Pruka, Yager, uh, they were good, but they didn't have anything in the pipeline. You know, their their best prospects in the pipeline were Callahan, Dubinsky, and Isimov. Unfortunately, Chirapanov passed away, um, and then the the best forward they drafted was only a couple of years later in Chris Kreider in two thousand nine. Yep, and he didn't come onto the scene until twenty twelve, which we all remember. You remember that?
1: Yes, that uh, is my coming out party as a fan. That, yep.
0: That's your that's your start so to speak of your journey. Um this team has young players. This team has a first and a second overall pick on the team already. You know, it has young forwards coming through the ranks. It has young defensemen either on the team already with Miller and Schneider or waiting in the wings like Robertson, Lundquist, Jones. Uh they might not all be here when, you know, when we're actually contending, but it's it's good to have depth. Um and having Shesh Jorkin in net, you know, this this guy's gonna be our goalie for the next 10-15 years. You know, there's there's no doubt about it. Um yeah, injuries, you know, you, always hard to predict, but what I what I see from Shesh Jorkin is just what, what we said before, his his composure. When Shesh Jorkin goes behind the net to handle the puck, I my heart never skips a beat. Yeah, when Lundquist did it, (laughs) oh boy, oh no! And look, I like Henrik Lundquist. and like I said, he's the best goalie I'll ever see play for the Rangers. But when he left his crease to play the puck, oof, that that my my heart skipped a beat every time because Uh, we all know I had a
1: nickel for the amount of times I yelled at my television when I saw Hank playing with the puck. I have a lot of nickels.
0: (laughs) <laughs> if, you look, if you look at shorkin and opponents are realizing this now too when you dump the puck Shorkin is basically a third defenseman he's a threat is what he is he is he is a threat and and remember the last time we recorded i was complaining about our four check and and us dumping the puck how yeah. we don't do it the right way mm-hmm. you need to dump it into the corner where the goalie cannot get it our opponents need to do that too yeah it's difficult Something you can practice though. You need to be able to dump the puck into the corner without it ricocheting, uh, a off the boards and, and getting behind the net. That's the that's the that's the, the trick for our opponents to neutralize Shesh But yeah, Shesh is something special, definitely. Yeah.
1: yeah, I mean that's why we're talking about him staying stellar just over the stretch. Yeah. Well, well, he, he's on he's on fastest, pace.
0: fastest, fastest Rangers goalie to, to 50 wins
1: fastest Rangers goalie to 50 wins. And he is toying with having potentially the best saber percentage in NHL's history. He is doing something truly unheard of as a starting goaltender. And again, game by game, even, even when no. Igor maybe isn't on his bet at his best, there's just, there's a different vibe to him. And it goes to not just his mentality, but the also, if you look at the emotion that he shows, I think is really interesting to look at and, in comparison towards with someone like Henry Lundqvist, you know, Hank, was a very emotional goaltender. Like he was never afraid to tell you how it was. He was never afraid to correct the defense in front of him because he wanted to make sure that everyone was on the same page, like get your shit together, basically. He was he was very much hot-headed, but that's what made him such an amazing competitor and the goaltender that he was. But Igor is just the complete opposite. And it's so, it's so yeah. interesting having a dominant goaltender, but that exemplifies you know their expressions are just so vastly different it's it's been an adjustment for me as a fan really to witness this because i'm i'm so used to the hank way so now yeah the Igor no. way where he's like yeah you know i come in i'm gonna do this i'm gonna be fantastic and you know then i'm, good, then I'm gonna go on with my day you know and i'll have a smile if on my face like he just he has a simplicity to him that just
0: really if you, really really i yeah, enjoy I, I do if you look if you look at his save percentage over the years you know it it almost looks like a video game you know if, I if you when, when when he became a regular in the uh when he was a rookie in the KHL in in 2013 he played nine games uh so this is 2013 he was 18 years old 0. 0.903 save percentage in the KHL at age 18 that that alone is 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 crazy enough as it is but then his last three seasons when he was a starter 0. 0.937 and his last season in the KHL 0.953 save percentage yeah he saved 95.3 percent of the shots he faced in a full season 28 games 0.953 and then he comes to to North America goes to Hartford 25 games 0.934 12 games for the Rangers 0.932 last season was a little bit of a of a you know uh of a disappointment I'd say but still 0.916 not terrible and this season uh 0.939 his save percentage right now um absolutely absolutely crazy after 31 games he started he has made 30 plus saves in 21 of them
1: very Henrik Lundqvist of him
0: (laughs) it's very Henrik Lundqvist like um I remember when we retired Lundqvist. A number of people complained that how uh, how fitting to honor Henrik Lundqvist by giving up by, by giving yeah. by giving away a win in the in, <laughs> in the third period. Um, no, but this guy is something else. Look, this guy's gonna win at least one Vezina. We know how political the Vezina is. You know they they rarely give it to the same guy twice. I think the last guy to, to win it twice was Bobrovsky and that goes back like over a decade now um Henrik Lundqvist only won one Vezina which is a damn shame he should have won at least three in my opinion hopefully Shestjorkin is going to win multiple but I'll settle for the first one first um but this the first guy's one I think is
1: going to come very soon <laughs> I really think it is at this pace right now there's no
0: way he's not winning it this season there's no way
1: there's Something um, has to drastically change, you know. Yeah, he's yeah. he's he's just light years ahead of everyone right now.
0: I I'd, I'd even go so far as to say he's top three in MVP.
1: I he's, I one thousand percent agree with you. He is a heartworthy he, he, player this season. He's, he's more val. He is more heartworthy than Artemi Panarin, which is just so bizarre to say. You know what I mean? He's more think, heartworthy I than Adam. M-
0: I think when it comes to MVP folks, Panarin is third on this team. Crazy, that's a that's it such is. a good thing though. That's
1: a great thing. That's that's it such is. a good thing, <laughs> you know. Um, uh, but look,
0: Chertkine is going to get some silverware in his career. Hopefully, it starts soon. But yeah, there's something special about this. And and that point nine five three save percentage in the KHL his final season, he missed the record by two saves. I think if he would have yeah. made two more saves, he would have gotten the record because then he, it would have put him over. um crazy crazy but you know this guy is so competitive and you know what really stood out to me when i went to games at the garden back in november and december what how loud the igor chant was
1: oh yeah i know yeah you told you told me that before i did not expect the
0: igor chant to reverberate through the building that way yeah and it's just I think it's also the word Igor that just it's it's more bombastic than Henrik. Igor yeah. is more bombastic. So it has it has more energy when, when it goes through the building. And I heard it against the Flyers when he killed that when when we killed that five minute penalty where he made a couple of great saves. That was something else. That was something else. And and it happened again when he came back out of the locker room against the Bruins. Yep. Um that's I I hope I get to hear it again soon. I'm, I might go to a game or two again uh, at the Garden in two weeks. Okay. When I'm back from my trip to awesome. St. Louis in Minnesota, um, so I hope I get to hear it again because there's something special about that chant. The yeah. Henrik chant was great, but the Igor chant is just it's different. You know, it hits different for some reason
1: everything Igor hits different in every way though. And that's what's so amazing about following a sports team. You go through these different eras of players that have their own uniqueness. Right. Um, But one thing that I did want to touch on before we get into uh, what we have discussing next is really the past three games, of the Rangers who stood out outside of Igor. Well, offensively, the Rangers didn't have much, but I really liked the participation again from the, from defensemen. So Panarin led the way with points, with three points in those three games, a goal and two assists. But then Keandre Miller really did have two points if you want to count the shootout goal.
0: So two goals in those three games yeah. if you want to view okay. it that way. I quickly, want to touch on, I quickly want to touch on that, by the way. Yeah. Um, in most other leagues, mostly in Europe, uh, the person who scores the game winner in the shootout gets credited with a goal. Yes. I think the NHL should do that too because... To me, it doesn't make sense that the numbers of number of goals credited to the team is not the same as the number of goals credited to all players combined. That makes no sense to me.
1: I agree. No, no, I hundred percent agree with you. It's it would be nice if they could, especially if it is the winner. Why not just give it to them as yeah. a goal? Like, but I mean, again,
0: the goalie gets credited with the win.
1: Yeah. Yep. No,
0: you're why does, why does why does the person who scores the deciding shootout, who converts the, con- the deciding shootout, not get credited with the goal? Like I said, this happens in other leagues. The SHL, I think Liga does it too. It just makes more sense. So I agree with you. Keandre Miller had two goals. Yeah. And the third and, and the and, third guy that's and, and Miller, um, you know, um, defensively he still leaves something to be desired. Um, he still needs improvement.
1: I there's no denying that
0: his offense makes up for it at the moment. You know, the last, he has some good weeks, the last couple of weeks where he, he adds some points, he creates some offense, even when he's not scoring, he's getting pucks on net, you know, he's creating offense, which is great. You know, that's what I wanted from him on the offensive side, but defensively he's not there yet, but he's getting there.
1: He is getting there. And it's, it's refreshing that we don't have nearly as much, gripes to say about him you know all we want is for these guys to drive you know what i mean
0: early in the season miller was was terrible you know and i people might might disagree with me but the first the first three four weeks of the season he was absolutely terrible and i i would have understood if he was sent down to hartford after that stretch it didn't happen because you know he was he he was a regular last season so it's a lot harder to send someone down at that point but yeah, he recovered well. I think end of October, early November is when he picked it up, and I think January is where he really, where he really started to contribute offensively, and 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 that that made him a plus player.
1: Yeah, agreed. Other than the stretch he had in uh, what was it? I think it was the West Coast trip. There were two games in that West Coast trip that he really stood out negatively. Yeah, but other than that, well, he was okay.
0: The West, the West Coast trip. The entire team was terrible.
1: Yeah. So it's, it doesn't go just against him. I will, I will say that much, but one thing I'd uh, like to touch on is Schneider, who also, of course, had two assists for these past three games. So it's nice to see the rookie gain those points up too. I've been really pleased with what I've seen from Braden Schneider. He's just looked solid every single game. I'm not seeing him being much of a defensive liability and knowing that he's gained a little bit more offensive production than what even I would expect at this point. You know, It's a pleasant surprise for everything that he's can, done so can far. We appreciate,
0: can we appreciate for a second that Jeff Gordon just turned Brady Shea into Braden Schneider?
1: Yeah. Thank, thank you, Jeff. One of, the, one of the last great things he did for us. <laughs> no, fan, true point. But I also did want to mention, because we didn't do it earlier. Now, we've been all over the place in this episode. We will be a lot more structured next time. just because of coming, just like how you come back from the All-Star break, we're coming back wanna, soon. Wanna, so we're very rusty. I was, I was okay? say, that's why, that's that why we're jumping with these topics. So we will be better next time. Yeah. But, of course, I would like to say, yes, Emile Francis passing away. That was heartbreaking. Trem- Huge kudos to him, though, for living as long as he did. I like to make that clear. This fantastic. 95 yeah, 95. Just, uh, I mean, look, it's, it's of course, heartbreaking to see him pass, but uh, Ranger legend. But, yeah, definitely lived to see a long and happy and healthy life. Um, truly a tremendous, uh, not just, you know, Ranger player, but just everything that he did for the organization was truly something special. So, again, rest in peace to him. My condolences to his family, as always. And, yeah, there's been uh, thinking about hockey, too, just maybe think of the same thing, you know, My thoughts and prayers have also been with uh, Rodion Amarov because I know that the Leafs came out over the past couple of days, you know, top prospect for them uh, does have a brain tumor, which is obviously, you know, terrible to hear. Uh, Amarov is someone that I personally was a big fan of in his draft year as well. I thought that was a really nice pick by the Leafs that they did. Um, He's a very young, impressive uh, KHL winner. And again, I just really, really hope that he gets, you know, healthy as quick as possible. And yeah. Just some stuff that's been happening across the NHL lately that I wanted to discuss.
0: <clears throat> yeah, yeah. And, and you know, of course, let's also touch quickly on the Olympics. Uh, congratulations to Finland for winning their first gold medal in hockey. Um, and congratulations to Slovakia for winning their first medal in hockey uh, with the bronze. Um, it was a fun tournament. Uh, early exits for Canada and Team USA made it very interesting for me to watch. Um, but yeah, um, Olympics are over now. Uh, so we, we go back to, uh, you know, the regular schedule with NHL games. Um, but it was fun to see, uh, oh yeah, that's what I wanted to touch on. The game where Slovakia beat team USA. Did you see it, Tyler?
1: Uh, the game with Slovakia. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't didn't watch fully
0: now. So. Team USA had the lead. Then they gave up the lead early when the opponent pulled their goalie while their best young player was benched for large stretches of the game. And then they lost in overtime. If David Quinn wasn't the coach, he would have been my first guess based on that. It's Team USA lost in a David Quinn kind of way.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs>
0: It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. But, uh, you know, happy for Slovakia, you know. And and I know Canadians and Americans say, oh, we didn't send our best players. Well, neither did it Slovakia. Slovakia. Yona
1: in the players. live stream says with the donation, thank you so much for that. Let's effing go Finland. Yes, this yeah, is the yeah. first time Finland's ever won, correct?
0: Yeah, their first time winning gold at the Olympics in hockey. Yep. That's crazy. Yeah, no, happy and for to them too. Against, to do it against the Russians too. Um, Big deal. Because that's that's a big rivalry, uh, yep. Finland Russia. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, congratulations to Alexei and all the other Fin uh, Finns in the in the chat. Uh, it was definitely fun to see. Um, and the coach Yuka Jalonen, that guy deserves a statue in front of Hardwall Arena or Yahali in, in Helsinki. Yeah, right. Pick a spot in, somewhere. Pick a spot in Helsinki and give that guy a statue. Oh my God. That guy has 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 won everything now.
1: Yeah, he won the crazy.
0: States, he won the World Juniors. He won the World Championships. Now Olympic gold. What else is there to do for him as a national team coach? You know, he's won everything. He's that's
1: that's really cool. Yeah. No, so,
0: yeah. Uh, very happy for the Finns. Uh, and of course, they get to host the world championships in uh, in May.
1: Oh, yeah. Great point. I completely forgot about that. Yeah, no, again, uh, I'm sure everyone in Finland has just been thriving off of the hockey success that they've had, and rightfully so. And oh, no, no. The
0: last 10 years for Finnish hockey have been great, great for their development. Oh, especially
1: when it comes to the young prospects that they've been able to develop into the <laughs> NHL. I mean, they, yep. they've had so many entertaining players. Uh, I, yep. I'm, I'm honestly, I've been more inclined to, for Finns. Than I have with you know certain other players, just because they've st- they really have stood out. A lot of them being top picks, or even maybe being sleepers like second rounders or whatever. You know, yeah. there's definitely Sebastian been a lot Powell of. people.
0: Was a great example. Yeah. Yes,
1: and, and even his teammate and Tebo Ter- uh, Teravinen, same thing. Teravinen, like Teravinen was yeah. slept on with Chicago. They dealt him because of cap reasons, um, in the, yeah. in, the uh, in the Brian Bickle trade, and that was one where that really. Yeah, because he has become such yeah. a great player, as have and plenty then, of, 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 of other players.
0: Barkov and Lundell in Florida. Yep, uh, Rantanen uh, with Colorado Avalanche, Miro Heiskinen with the Dallas Stars. Uh,
1: yeah, everyone it's, forgets about Line. A. He's still there. <laughs> uh, yeah, Line
0: a. I think Line <laughs> has like 20 goals in his last 20 games or something. He's like a goal per game player the last couple of weeks. And
1: that um, and that's very line of him. He's streaky, but when yeah, he gets going, yeah. you know, he's he just keep he just keeps scoring. Um,
0: he's 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 streaky. He's a uh, he's a he's a better version of Brendan Perry.
1: <laughs> so give me start on Brendan Perry. I thought he was going to be uh, Rick Nash's replacement. <laughs> that, that's how I felt about Brendan Perry. I want Perry. I I, a, I, I want Perry easy. to be prioritized over Nash on special teams mm. and everything when he first came here i was like this is the you know goal score we need
0: you know what rick nash was terrible on the power play rick he nash was, was awful. a great even strength player but on the power play he just was he wasn't cut out for that no got it oh. um yeah brandon period a 20 goal season for the florida panthers 20 goals two assists the uh the cy young award <laughs> the cy young award <laughs> yeah it was, it was something that was, that was it was it's something that's going on on social media, like when a player has a for goal. the best pitcher in baseball. So how are you correlating yeah. this? So be- because because their because their production looks like a win loss record. They have like oh like okay okay Brandon Period twenty goals and only two assists.
1: Oh uh, okay fair, so, fair 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 okay. Um,
0: I cannot believe I have to explain uh, a baseball reference to you.
1: No the the re- you know I want you to explain how what it ties Perry, into the given the context yeah. because we live in a day and age right now with baseball and you know, you'll learn more about this as, as you go on. And I, form you. but wins don't mean anything in Sion anymore, not nearly to the degree. And the reason is okay. the New York Mets pitcher, Jacob de he's been the best pitcher in baseball for a couple of years now. And the Mets historically have played God awful in front of him. Like they just can't score runs. So he'll get the loss, but he won't even give up a run or anything like that. So he's he has really broken the, the barrier of the normal norms of thinking you need a lot of wins to be a Cy Young award winner. No, he's had right around the same wins as losses or the other way around because of just how dominant. he is. So he's
0: the Henrik Lundqvist of the New York Mets. He is the Henrik
1: Lundqvist of the New York Rangers. That is 1000% what he is. Yes. Perfect. Couldn't have said it better. Um, But speaking of former Rangers, before we get into, there's two things I'd like to, uh, one more thing I wanted to discuss before we get into the Q and a, then upcoming schedule to wrap things up is, martin saint louis i want to give a big props to him you know since we haven't talked about it and he now is the uh head coach for the montreal canadians and talk about an x factor for cole caulfield right away caulfield has had no goal scoring really streaky to start the season comes in uh with saint louis he's been scoring literally every game he has a he has a goal basically every game he's been a point cole per game caulfield player
0: everyone's pick for the calder preseason yeah everyone thought he was going to run away with the calder this year and um it 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 just didn't didn't happen but saint louis comes in and caulfield just needed something something and saint louis gives it to him um let's see how it goes long term but you know uh, because saint louis is an inexperienced coach um hopefully he can do better than gretzky in uh in phoenix
1: i it seems that they brought him in Hopefully that he's going to be here past the season. I really hope that. I, I think St. Louis has all yeah. the capabilities. He's a guy I would love behind the Rangers bench at some point. I wasn't expecting him to make the jump from coaching his kids to the NHL wow. this year. That was a surprise, definitely. But you could tell that Montreal's thought process here is very, very similar to Carolina's with of course, and Rob Brendemore. Brendemore had no coaching experience yeah. whatsoever. Yeah,
0: but, but 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 you know the first requirement of being a Canadian's coach is not if you can coach, right?
1: If you speak French, yes. Of course, and that's, that's, and, that's the first
0: requirement. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. But thankfully for St. Louis, French. he speaks French, and he was also a fantastic player. And I'm I'm just I'm I'm so happy for him. I'm jumping on the Habs bandwagon no. now. They got Gordon there. They got St. Louis. You know, I I don't have nearly as much ill will against them going forward as I have in years past and, um, for those reasons solely. Former,
0: former director of European scouting for the Rangers, Nick Bogrov is joining them as well.
1: Yes. Yep. We talked about that as well. Barbara, of course, had plenty of success with the Rangers during his time with NYR. Uh, now he's going to be with Montreal, reunite with Gordon once again. And they also brought Vinny LeCavalier to their front office too. Very interesting. I, I like it though. I will say I'm very intrigued. I'm entertained with what the Habs are doing. I hope it leads to success. And one thing I would- that I thought was so important with St. Louis in um, his presser when he first got hired was, and something that I love because it just made me think of David Quinn and the polar opposites they are, how St. preached how bad systems are, you know, saying that you need to abide by this system basically um, to make things right, uh, because naturally it causes players to not play to their ability because you're trying to form them into something that's outside of what they are truly as a player like that. They, they're given this specific role which could be a detriment to them. He hated them as a player and he's reaffirming that now um, as the head coach saying like, he really wants to make sure that pe- players have leashes that they play true themselves, their capability. And so far, so good for the Habs. Like i am just, I'm just so happy for him. I- I've, you know, I've always loved St. Louis. I will say it is a little bizarre because I think of St. Louis, Montreal. I think of the, absolutely horrid things Habs fans said in that playoff series about his mother who passed. Um, So those are the things that hit me. I think about those emotional games in Montreal where the fat fans were just being terrible, absolutely terrible in that series. Yeah, so, but, but
0: I, I never judge an organization based on their worst fans. Um, oh, no,
1: no, no, I don't either. I'm just saying that was my last memory of St. Louis connected with the Habs. So it's it's just weird to see that transition. That for me personally, yeah. but I'm excited for him. I really am. So, so far, so
0: good. To quickly stay with them, um, um, I I did see, and and you know, I'm not I'm not the type of guy that wants to go into rumors, but Krafsov and Georgiev make a whole lot of sense for the Canadians. Um, this is an organization that doesn't shy away from from drafting Russians you know they yeah. have Alexander Romanov on defense uh they drafted Gordon uh, Sobolev Kostenko they have some Russians in their pipeline uh they need a goalie man they, the Canadians need need something in, in net uh price is not gonna price is not gonna be the answer for them for a while um and they have Andrew Hammond on an emergency loan now the
1: Hamburglar
0: the Hamburger is back in the NHL six years after his last game he picked up another win it's unbelievable um but yeah uh samuel montembo i think is the other goalie that he
1: was from the panthers who actually had a good game or two against the rangers because of course he did
0: yeah of course against the i mean if you've never heard of a goalie before and that team plays against the rangers you know what's gonna happen yeah um but yeah, I mean, looking looking at that organization, I wouldn't be surprised if they go after both Georgiev and Kraftsov. Maybe just, maybe just offer something in a package. Um, and you know how the Rangers really, really shifted to uh, to major juniors as their as their main talent pool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if, if if there's a deal in there for someone like Jan Mishak who uh, who plays in the OHL uh who, who sorry who played in the OHL for the Kings and Frontenacs
1: um how is i, I would be oh, sorry, I, yeah,
0: for the Hamilton Bulldogs he's, he's, i was
1: i really liked Yami when he got drafted yeah, um yeah. what's he been doing i'm going just double check quick production wise
0: I, he's over a point per game in the, in the OHL i think i see his numbers pop up when i when i track Brendan Altman's production every time
1: i sign me up <laughs> I mean, sign me up. Not not against that at all. Really not. <laughs> uh, I, think, yeah, Wayne,
0: I, I, I think I think he, he's close to thirty goals in the OHL. So um, yeah, yeah, we need we need some some guys who can put the puck in the net. And you know, uh, I mentioned him now quickly. Brennan Othman, thirty four goals on the season so far. Um, let's get
1: a let's get a quick prospect update in uh, before we take some questions. That's what I want to sure. get with you. Um, yes. Yeah, so how has Brennan Othman been doing? Because it seems like he's just continuing to dominate.
0: Uh, does everything you could expect from him you know um and he's finally getting some help from his teammates it's no longer the one man show in flint um i think right now flint's even number 1 in the division uh let me quickly check that to confirm because they're in a division with the Sioux greyhounds i think uh but brandon Othman has been has been chipping in uh has been scoring some important goals um, and yeah it's just Every time I watch him play, I think, okay, they, he does exactly what I want him to do. Um, so, yeah, very happy with what it, with how his season has progressed so far. Um, the other guy, Will Cooley, who's in the OHL, of course, a little bit unlucky over the weekend. Um, he got called for a boarding in the final five minutes of the game. That resulted in a three-game suspension. Um, I think tonight is the second game he sits out. Um, and then the other guy, Evan Vierling, who's who's on a tear now. Nine points in his last six games. Nice. Had a slow start to the season. Missed, of course, the entire season last year because of the pandemic. Uh, but, yeah, good to see him do well. And in the WHL, I, as always, the most notable player in the WHL for us is still Ryder Korzak. Um Dylan Garand left uh, the game with injury. So, uh, it's yeah, we have to wait and see what happens there. But Ryder Korczak, I think, is going to play in Hartford next season. Um, we have Flint Firebirds. They're number one in their division now in the West. Uh, two points ahead of the Sioux Greyhounds with a game in hand. Uh, and I think in the league, let me check overall. If it loads. Yeah, the Flint Firebirds are second in the league. Two points behind Mississauga with the game in hand. So if they win that game in hand, they are tied for, for first in the league. Of course, the Hamilton oh. Bulldogs are tied with them in points, have three games in hand on the Flint Firebirds. But it's nice to see Brennan Othman's team actually uh, being more than just him carrying the team on his back like we saw early in the season. Um, then, of course, in college, we have a couple of guys that are worth mentioning. Hugo Olas, the Swedish goalie. Yep. uh really came out of nowhere you know he played in Sweden last year in his d plus one season moved to North America to go to college this year started as the third goalie on the depth chart but I think he's worked his way up to the starter position now for Merrimack um then of course Brett Berard for Providence um not much not much else to say there you know uh, steady, steady performance from him, uh, chipping in the chipping in the goals and assists. Uh, but the guy that really stands out to me in college, in terms of what my expectations were, is Simon Schellberg for RPI. Um, let me let me look up his numbers quickly because I I mean I follow all these guys, so I'm I'm struggling a little bit to memorize their exact numbers on a daily basis, but. Um, he's been having a really good season. Uh, last weekend, I think, had a, had a game with... Uh, uh, yeah, he had three assists in two games on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, in total nice. this season, he has five goals and 17 assists for 22 points uh, as a defenseman. Let's not forget, this guy is a defenseman. Ooh, um, interesting. There, there, there was some backlash to his draft selection back in 2018. Because he is the son of Rangers coach Patrick Schelberg.
1: Oh, uh, okay, gotcha.
0: But it was a sixth-round pick. You know, I'm not going to lose sleep over a sixth-round pick. And this kid, his first season in college, he had 11 points in 32 games. Now he has 22 in 35. So he basically doubled his production as a, as a defenseman. And I know production doesn't say doesn't say everything, but um, yeah, if this guy can can join Hartford maybe next year or the year after that, on that left side, keep the pipeline going, you know, you have to, you have to, you have to, you have to keep stocking in the shelf, so to speak. And, and this guy is under the radar. Um, you know, he's been in our organization at the end of this season for four years now. He gets a fifth year because he only joined college a year after he was drafted. So yeah, the Rangers have options. Um, uh, yeah, good to see. Um, and then, there's some guys in Europe. Adam Edstrom is back from injury. Carl uh, Henriksen added an assist last week for the first time in a couple of weeks. Good. Um, so, yeah, not the most exciting updates prospect wise, but it's uh, it's nice to keep an eye on those two. Um, and then earlier this week, Jaroslav Melares and Kala Weissmann played against each other in the under 20 uh, junior Liga, uh, and they both scored in that game. Awesome. So, uh, that that was good. a fun game to watch for me. No, that, but that's yeah, good. Um, some 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 good prospects, especially in juniors, for the Rangers to uh, to keep an eye on. And it's interesting that we uh, that we have all these prospects in juniors because for years the Rangers didn't go there. The Rangers after yeah, I know Rocky, we
1: talked about that a lot. Yep. Uh,
0: they they revamped their, their major junior scouting department back in twenty eighteen. Of course, the arrival of Chris Morehouse. Uh, to oversee all that in 2020 uh, was was it was a big part of that as well. Um, and now the Rangers are comfortable going there again with draft. So uh, that's why I said if they' if they are going to make a trade with the Montreal Canadiens and they are going to get a young player back, a guy like young Mishak makes a ton of sense because that's a guy that that our scouts would have an eye on, uh, having three of our players in the OHL playing against him. Um, yeah, that's, that's that should be a guy that's on their radar.
1: And Meshack going into his draft year was very much, you know, had heavy hands, had a very strong shot. But the uh, criticisms that I saw with him in his, you know, scouting profile was really just his lack of not just necessarily a two-way game, but also his mm-hmm. inability to be much of a playmaker, um, especially when he first transitioned. Because in his draft year, he transitioned playing with, uh, I'm almost certain he transitioned playing in check to then going like halfway through the season uh, to play with the Hamilton Bulldogs. So that was a big adjustment for him. Yeah. Um, and I think that yeah. definitely went in part with why he dropped to the second round. I really wanted the Rangers to get him when he fell out of the first round too, but um, it's awesome to see for his sake that, you know, he's been 50 points in 40 games or so um, this year. And yeah, if the Rangers and- do deal with Montreal for uh, someone um, prospect wise, I'm very much in favor of someone like him.
0: And um, a little bit of, uh, 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 it's not really inside information because it's readily available online, but back in 2012, when the Rangers released a, uh, a short video on Twitter of their draft day, uh, war room, so to speak. Yeah. Um, they showed the everyone board. included. Sorry?
1: Are you going to talk about the draft board? Like the whiteboard?
0: Yes. I'm going to talk about the whiteboard. <laughs> they showed David Quinn. Uh, and behind David Quinn, there was a whiteboard with, with picks. And, and those were actually uh, picks that they were trying to trade for. They were trying yeah. to trade back into the second round. And one of those was actually a Montreal Canadiens pick that was used for young Mishak. So, Ooh, interesting. Would be I really like, nice if that it all comes full circle. It,
1: that would be very cool, especially because he's a center that gives the Rangers center depth. I mean, that's something yeah. that we desperately need. So I'm hundred percent on board. We'll see if something like that transpires, but to wrap things up now, we're going to get into a Q and I will answer some questions for you guys. Then we'll look at the upcoming schedule, share our predictions and then, Look at the Rangers history of the number 48 and then we'll get out of here. Brody, thank you so much for the $10 donation. Always appreciate that, my friend. Love this prospect update. This will be an awesome addition to the show once a month or so. Thanks, and Stephen, for being awesome hosts. Oh, well, thank you so much, Brody, for the kind words. You've always been a great supporter. We try to do prospect updates as much as we possibly can, uh, but sometimes there just isn't a lot to talk about. But we haven't one, we yeah. haven't done the episode in over three weeks and felt it was definitely long overdue. But let's get into uh, answering some questions. Before we uh, look at the upcoming schedule, um, I do see some comments right here. Uh, Davis, who I know has been a good supporter on the channel. Thank you so much. I'm going to the Caps game tonight, despite what uh, th- what uh, they're saying. Do you see Tom Wilson fireworks tonight? Uh, good question. I honestly, I, ho- I would love to see Reeves and Wilson fight, but I don't know. I don't know. I feel like that it's almost like we're just going to have a normal game. I feel like that we will see fireworks if Wilson does something to instigate it let me put it that way it
0: it it depends on how the game goes if the Rangers are up by two goals Reeves is not going to risk it because Reeves has said it earlier in the season he's not going to fight just for the sake of fighting because he can lose his his team a win Um, either it happens really early in the game or it happens really late in the game that's my prediction
1: yeah no, I agree. Uh, I would again I want to see I wanted to see the fight happen. You can only imagine how pissed off I was when I went to the first game to see no fights and to just see the Rangers get blown out as you see. That was not fun. It was like everything that we thought we were getting from all the build up in the offseason was like, okay, all right, I see how it is. um but we Look, got
0: to- I'm only looking forward to seeing one thing tonight on the broadcast and that is and that is a flashback to Kevin Rooney on the bench. That's all I want to see. That's all I want to see. I want to see. I want to see them go back to that moment.
1: They got to get it framed in MSG somewhere. um Answering uh, some questions if now, frame, though.
0: If, if if I could frame a video, I would. Yeah. It would be it would be on my wall, playing twenty four seven
1: on a replay. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, one. yeah. Um, Okay, we got some questions, and a lot of them, some of them are rumor-based, I don't blame them. We didn't touch on rumors in this episode, because there has been some stuff that's come out, but I think that's going to be more in store next oh, week and really, oh, really building up and towards uh, the before trade deadline. We get, before
0: we get into rumors, I want to quickly mention a tweet that perfectly illustrates why I freaking hate trade deadline day rumors.
1: I already, I already know what you're going to say.
0: Yeah, the, so this guy, Robbie Stanley, he is, yeah. uh, I think he's a reporter in Nashville, so he uh, he writes for the uh, he writes about the Nashville Predators. He tweeted earlier today. I have been told Philip Forsberg has not told the Predators that he doesn't want to remain a Predator. That doesn't mean he's going to sign here, and it doesn't mean he's going to not going to be traded. I've just been told that he's not told them that he sh- for sure wants out. This is the the perfect example of why trade deadline rumors are so frustrating because all these tweets they say nothing.
1: Oh, it's it's all just being around the bush. That's all it is. Yeah, yeah exactly,
0: yeah. exactly. It's so frustrating. Like, oh, tweet about Philip Forsberg. Yeah, he may leave or he may not leave. He may sign or he may not sign. He may be traded or maybe not. Like so you're not saying anything anyway. Rent Hockey over.
1: R- hockey rumors especially are are they drive me not. They're so different than other sports. Like even with baseball, ooh. it's very different a lot. Like I I t- all I talk about is rumors especially during this off season with the Mets, but Rangers wise, especially hockey buildup, it's I don't it's just different. I'm not a big fan yeah. of it. I really it does also, frustrate me.
0: Also, a little bit of advice if you see a rumor on Twitter, um, make sure to verify if there's a check mark.
1: Yeah, because oh, oh yeah, everyone's gonna be falling for the fake accounts. Yeah. Every everyone's year,
0: gonna. every year, Elliot Friedman with two N's, Boob McKenzie, uh they're, they're, Darren Drager with an A.
1: Everyone's locked and loaded, uh, ready to go. Yeah.
0: I know. I, I, these accounts are already, but people already have them set up and ready to go. I already know it. So,
1: BT asks Does the Andrew Cop trade make sense? Andrew Cop is someone that I have seen reportedly the Rangers have been linked to. And he is someone that depth wise I don't think would hurt the Rangers at all. He really falls in that archery leckoning situation for me uh you know very similar profile of bottom six guy yeah i do think that andrew kopp does make sense for the rangers i don't think that he would be a poor addition i mean look if we can if the rangers can just acquire a forward to get dry and hunt the hell out of here and you know figure out what you're going to do with julian Gauthier, but by all means do it like what we noticed especially with kako being out because how kako's still out for a good amount of time which really really sucks and you can tell that's impacting this team. And I know that Kako is known for his point production, but he does a lot of things, especially with his two-way game, that is vital for this club. And it, it just, I'm just, I'm sick and tired of seeing Dryden Hunt in this top six. I'm, I'm also sick and tired of seeing Julian Gauthier only get seven minutes a game. Like, I just want to see more balance on that front. The Rangers are in desperate need of upgrades there. Um, that we've talked about all season. Um, and also just depth-wise, center-wise, like Andrew Kopp is someone I'm not against personally. Um, he has uh, 28 points in 47 games this season. Uh, he broke out last season, actually, on 55 games in the short year with Winnipeg. He had 39 points in 55 games with 15 goals, 24 assists, and a little bit of an increased role based on the Jets' situation. But yeah, he's someone that, you know, uh, to just wrap things up on, I wouldn't be against it at the right price. Just make sure you're not giving up anything drastic for him.
0: If you can get him without giving up a first-round pick or one of your better prospects, then you do it, yes. And he's um, someone that
1: you realistically should still be able to get, get without giving up a first-round pick.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and these are the guys that the Rangers should go after, you know, guys like Lekkonen, guys like Andrew Cobb. The the, the one guy that I would really love to see on, on this team is Warren Fogle of the Edmonton Oilers. Um, I think that guy's tailor-made for a third line because this team – needs to fix their third line their third line is terrible um, we complain a lot about the, the top six not not creating enough at even strength the third line is not even it's not even noticeable out there at yeah. even strength you know they go through entire stretches where I don't hear the name the names hunt hele or Gautier um, but yeah this team if if they want to actually make some noise in the playoffs and if drury is serious about going for it then cop makes a lot of sense because he makes our bottom six better and this team is not going anywhere when greg McKeg is is in the bottom six
1: yeah no it's yeah. i want to see i want to see morgan Barron get some time you know it seems like it will be coming soon from what galan has said but yeah,
0: I, I wonder if Morgan Barron has already decorated the, uh, the press box because he sits there every night <laughs>
1: making himself um, cozy at home, right? Yeah,
0: make yourself cozy, you know, but put, put some pictures on the wall.
1: Ah, <laughs> uh, Taylor says. Big drop off from top six to bomb six. That's an understatement. Even though we still have Dryden Hunt in our top six, missing Sammy Blay. Yeah, I it's it, it is interesting to think about Sammy Blay, the impact he would have yeah. right now. because I would take him over Dryden Hunt any day of the week. Um, who do you see true, a Drury bring in to toughen up the third line around Goudreau? Brooksie was tripping about, yeah, no, Brooksie's talking nonsense per usual. You know, if it's a day that ends in Y, then Larry Brooks is coming out with something. To but, just yeah,
0: if if this was if this was June 2021 and you tell me that the Rangers should go after Clutterbuck I believe you I get it. yeah I get it Clutterbuck doesn't bring anything we don't have yet Yeah Clutterbuck is a fourth liner that doesn't put up points We have those already
1: We have we have a plethora of those as a matter of fact Yeah we, we,
0: <laughs> we have those in abundance Yeah <laughs> what this what this team needs is, is possession players for their bottom six Yep they need one or two players who actually carry the puck into the zone. Rasmus Kupari is, is still I know, my,
1: you, I know.
0: my dream target because he does exactly what this team needs. Adrian Kempe is another one. Also, ironically, on the same team. The yeah, Kings. Right. Those are the type of players Drury should be going after. I almost had Gordon there. Cal Clutterbuck does not move the needle for the Rangers. And it has nothing to do with who Clutterbuck is but everything to do with who the Rangers already have.
1: Bingo. And depth wise for the Rangers, it really has been needing again, a guy like Andrew cop, I think makes a lot of sense. If you're, I know the Rangers have been intertwined and we'll talk about them more, you know, JT Miller, you know, yes, we've heard rumblings of Tomas hurdle, like more impact guys. And we'll see exactly how, you know, affirmed it, you know, how indulged in the market, the Rangers are going to be lean up to the deadline, but it, I would be a little surprised if I, if they actually land a top player Um just because of the fact that they don't really need to um for what they are right now, if they're going all in for the Stanley cup, which I, I, I tend to disagree with just based on where this team currently is in their development, but if they do then, okay, you can justify it more, but, Again, younger guys that are, you know, are say going to be pending RFAs that aren't going to be big big paydays. Arturi Lekanen that we know the Rangers have been connected to playing. That's the Habs connection. I think that makes plenty sense too. There, there's, a bun- there's a bunch of options. There's a bunch of depth guys out there that are appealing for the Rangers right now that would yeah. automatically be upgrades again over Dryden Hunts of the World. And look, if you're not going to play Julian Gauthier, then at least land a player that you know you're going to give playing time to you know it frustrates me that I, I, Gauthier doesn't get the playing time that i feel he deserves um it feels like at this point that it's it seems like he's not going to have much of of a future with this club but if okay if you're not going to give playing time to him don't let that be a detriment to the club land someone that you know can come in and you're going to guarantee upwards you know 12 to 14 minutes at least a night like you don't even get that with someone like him get half that plenty of time so and naturally, when you have more of a balance, especially with your bomb six, you have a better team. Uh, there's nothing that I've, I appreciate more as a younger Ranger fan than the Rangers Stanley Cup year uh, where they lost to the Kings because of the fact that they were so damn balanced with their lines in the sense that Elaine Vigneault came in right away and he really gave the guys even ice time. I, I, I appreciate that probably more than you would think as a fan. But that meant a lot to me because you saw how it was resonating in success right away. Um, and I just want that again for this team. I really do. Um, I love that Lafreniere has been gaining more playing time, but I hope that he gets more success with it. Um, but again, it just feels like a broken record. These are things that I personally want. Um, I'm just I'm tired of seeing guys that shouldn't even be in an NHL roster on this team, especially when they do have some options internally. That have performed better, even a smaller sample size. I think Gauthier still has what it takes to be an effective player for us. I think that Morgan Barron definitely has what it takes to be a very effective player in the bottom six for the Rangers, and they're getting snubbed by guys like McKegg and so on and so forth. I'm just I'm tired of it. I really am.
0: Yeah. Look, the most positive thing, thing I can say about Greg McKegg is that he never disappoints because I'm not expecting anything from
1: him. Yeah. That That's all you get, literally.
0: It's, yeah. But, look, Lekkonen, uh of course, there is that connection there with Kapo Kako. They work out in the offseason. Uh, actually, Artari Lekkonen's dad, Ismo, is the guy who organizes a training camp for uh, a bunch of Finnish players every year. So Really? I didn't know that. There is, there is that connection there, um, which is more than just them both being Finnish. Um, maybe some of the Finnish listeners in the chat know who I'm talking about here. Uh, but last summer they, uh, they, they put together a training camp with, uh, I think Joe Armia was there, Armiko Rantanen joined them. Um, they also worked with a Finnish figure skater. I forget her name, but yeah, Kako and Lekanen, they, um, they, they trained together in the off season. So that connection is definitely there.
1: That's an interesting ca- connection too to see if that's going to just be another kind of cherry on top in the scenario where the Rangers would would to acquire him because that in my mind also kind of you know you take away Brendan Smith that that was the guy that really helped put Kako under his wing when he came to the Rangers mm-hmm. now bringing in Terry, no. someone that he has the same intellect with you know and that that's not a bad thing and Lekkinen is a capable player especially in that bomb six I'm not against him um, but and he's more yeah, he is RFA, and he's not—he's not, he's not going to be expensive at all. And yeah. that's kind; of, those are the kind of guys that the Rangers need, and that still have you know positives, like there are still levels to their game that can impact the Rangers game as a depth guy. After,
0: after hearing the price the Coyotes won for him, I'd say just, just go after Phil Kessel. If all they want, yeah, is the third no, one hundred percent,
1: they're throwing the. the coyotes are doing what they've always done they're literally it's like they're a money money laundering club like they're just giving away things without a problem uh, for the benefit of the opposing teams um just because they're desperate and yeah if you can land kessel on like not even a first or second round pick somehow
0: my goodness he's, he's he's not the same phil kessel that won two cups with the penguins so no we need to understand that we're not getting a 40 goal scorer but he still brings something this team desperately needs. So for and a third-round like pick.
1: 33 points in 51 games. I'm pretty sure yeah. I would take a Phil Kessel right now over Dryan Hunt on my second line with Kaka being out. I don't know about you. Like, <laughs> on a Coyotes team, i add.
0: That is the Coyotes. No, and, and if the Coyotes wanted the first-round pick, I, I'd walk away. Because yeah, I don't want to give up. No, you don't give up the first pick round pick for Phil Castle. But if the reports are true and all they want is a third, then go for it, man. Just, just give them the third round pick. Yeah, and we don't. They don't even have to retain salary for it either, because we have thirty-three million dollars in cap space at the deadline.
1: It's a great point. Yeah, no, sign sign me up. If you're not, again, yeah. the only thing that I've been against with uh, the Phil Castles, the Joe Pavelskis of the world, is giving up. Like a lot, you know, especially for, you know, grizzled vets, if you will, in that sense, not that they would not yeah. be effective, but I just don't I'm the Rangers are starting a spot right now that I think warrants giving up, you know, essentially the farm, like we've seen in the Sather days when that isn't good. That's not going to be enough for the Rangers to, in my mind, you know, go all the way to the Stanley Cup this season. I, I just don't see it happening. But yeah, sign yeah. me up in Phil Castle third round pick, you know, maybe even, a, a, you know, another pick, whatever it's going to be. Yeah. Uh, it will be interesting if the Rangers do go down that route, and if they somehow win those sweepstakes. Because think about it, Rangers wouldn't mm-hmm. be the only team that's competitive right now that would want someone like Kessel as as a depth guy for that much. Like, how can you go wrong?
0: Yep. By the way, the uh, the Finnish ice uh, figure skater that they trained with for the Finnish listeners in the in the chat, T- Tia Hurme. Okay. So. I've never heard of her before until last summer when the article stopped popping up, started popping up. But yeah, uh, look, if you want to go after middle six guys for a second or third round pick, I'm all for it. If you're going to give up first round picks and top prospects, it better be for a guy who is here long term. Not even JT Miller, because I consider someone who is UFA next year, I still consider that player a rental. Fair. When we traded for Yando in 2015, he was still a rental. He was just a rental for two playoffs playoff series and not one. Same with Martin St. Louis in 2014. There was no way we were going to extend him. So it's a rental. You get two postseasons out of him. JT Miller, they're not going to sign him to an extension because they simply cannot afford him. So if you're trading for JT Miller, you're trading him for two playoff uh, series, for two two postseasons in a time where the Rangers aren't really contenders yet. if this is two years into the future, then by all means, go for it.
1: If Lafayette and guy like the were game. further developed right now, I think it's a different discussion.
0: Exactly. If yep. this team was an actual top team in the league, if this team was, was, was making things happen five on five, if this team was dominating their opponents, I'd be all for it because yep. you're already a contender. You need to keep up with the rest of the <laughs> league. But no, we're not there yet.
1: Agreed. All right. Let's get into the upcoming schedule. Uh, before we get out of here, because we are at an hour and a half plus of recording. Again, we're rusty. Deal with it. Next episode, we're gonna be, you know, a bit more structured, I'd imagine. Maybe. Again, maybe I'm you know speaking out of my ass a little bit. But the Rangers, their next couple games starting tonight again. We're gonna be we'll probably we're gonna we'll be probably be watch the Game by now if you're listening.
0: We're gonna be the as structured as the Rangers at even strength. <laughs>
1: So don't have your expectations high, you know. (laughs) Okay, let's start with this Caps game tonight. Then, of course, uh, on Saturday, we have the Pittsburgh Penguins in Pittsburgh, a 3 o'clock game. I don't like that. I don't like that. You know, a day game kind of in Pittsburgh. Oh, I love it. I love it. No, no, I I don't like it in the sense of us having success. Granted, I know this season has a little bit been of an an anomaly. I know that the Rangers have actually done better at times during day games on weekends, but I just, I always get concerned. And then they have, at least they have proper time. They have a back-to-back, but it's at 7.30 the following day on Sunday at home against mm-hmm. Vancouver. So this is a tough stretch. You know, we got Washington you know, shopping on the bit, just on the outside looking in to be still in the top three um, in the division. Yeah, then so, you, the,
0: go So on. the next four games, We're playing two teams we haven't played yet this season, the Penguins and the Blues. And we'll be back here before
1: we talk about the Blues game.
0: Yeah, we're playing the Capitals that we haven't played since opening night. Yep. And we're playing the Canucks, who we haven't played since October. Yep. So a lot has, for the teams that we have faced, the Capitals and the Canucks, a lot has changed. Since, a lot since, has since changed. So and
1: I do think that I really hope the Rangers are going to have a better performance than what we saw opening night. You know, I'm really trying to will that into existence. But out of these three games, and Pittsburgh just doing what they always do, uh, the fact that Pittsburgh is where they are right now, it isn't surprising to me because they've done this every year. They just somehow, some way, doesn't matter who was in their lineup, especially as long as they have Crosby and Malkin for at least however many games Malkin's plays, because he's uh, unfortunately, for his sake, he's been very injury riddled for multiple years now. They they're just making it work. Jake Enzel's such an underrated goal scorer. Still somehow I don't know how he is. He's just an absolute stud. They're getting the job done. They're just the, every single season they just continue to produce no matter what, no matter who's in their lineup. So I'm probably I'm I'm gonna say I'm most concerned about the Penguins out of these three games personally, just because, because
0: yeah because we don't know yet what to expect.
1: We don't know what to expect, and they're a team that just they just work, man. They, they just, they always, they're always getting until they are finally done with the Crosby and the Malkin era. They're always going to be looming in that playoff race, whether they're going to be a top team or whether they're going to be just nipping at the bits again, a wild card. They're always going to be there. And I don't think that their future looks bright at all, but they're still in a spot where they are a competitive club and they're exceeding expectations a little bit. I would say this year, Um, but out of these three games, Steven, um, let's start with you because you were the belt winner. What is, what is your predictions?
0: One, one, and one.
1: One, one, and one. Okay. <sighs> I am going to go... you
0: hmm. are only an hour and a half in. Take your time.
1: I'll make sure we get to two. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go completely ballsy. There's no reasoning behind this on a back to back. So you're probably going to keep okay. the belt. I'm going to go three and oh.
0: Three and oh. All right. Uh, I, I
1: think I'm not confident at all. Goals, I like to make I'm that clear, but with... maybe that's why I should do it. Yeah.
0: I'm going to go with eight.
1: You have eight goals
0: um that's always a good sign when the other person's annoyed by the number you pick that's always a good sign
1: yeah all right i'm gonna go with over under if they're going three no they have to score at least nine goals so i'm going nine
0: okay okay
1: so i'm gonna try to have it stay true to uh okay.
0: you know. well to be fair yeah. if they go three and oh, you don't need the goal differential so you could have spread your winnings by going with seven but all
1: right fair fair it's okay it's what it is
0: all right there you right. go three games our next recording will be on wednesday
1: uh t- tuesday because they play tuesday. wednesday so we'll aim for tuesday next week um and last thing to get out of here is rangers 48 history steven
0: there's only two players in Rangers history to ever wear number 48.
1: Lemuse the members. obvious. But who Lemieux. the first one, what year was he with the Rangers? Uh,
0: well, he was with the Rangers. Hold on, let me let me look up the exact numbers. Is this something uh, that you think I would know or no? 2014. Oh. 2014-15. He played one game with this number. And then the following year, 2015-16, he switched to number 24.
1: Ooh, I'm not looking at the chat right now in the live if you're watching live either. Switch to twenty 24- four. Who was twenty 24- four? Boone Evis wasn't here yet. I don't think. Ah. Uh. I thought Derek Dorsett for a second, but I'm like, it's not Dorsett. Um,
0: Did damn. you say Evans? Yeah. No, it's not Boonievis. um actually went from number 67 to 24.
1: I, I don't know. who Who is it?
0: We traded for him because he was drafted by the Phoenix Coyotes. Swedish center. Oh, it's Lindbergh. Oh. Oscar Lindbergh.
1: Oh, someone said it in the chat too, in the live stream. Wow. Oh my goodness, Oscar Lindbergh. I was upset when the Rangers got rid of him too. Like when it, like I was upset that he, I wasn't upset that Michael Grabner didn't get picked. I was happy that Grabner stayed for Vegas. But I was Lindbergh, I know he dealt with his injuries, but I was still a little bummed to see him go at the time.
0: It was at the time it was between Lindbergh and Fast. And I think the Golden Knights made the wrong the wrong choice there.
1: Oh, they could have grabbed Grabner too. They had plenty of
0: options. Yeah, but Grabner, Grabner was too old. You know, as an expansion team, you want to go for a guy where you get a couple of years of control.
1: Yeah, that's true. And
0: And at the time, Fast and Lindbergh were both still under RFA years. So it made more sense to go with one of those two. They went with the center over the winger. In hindsight, obviously, it was the wrong choice. But look, this just ties into a point I made last summer. Jeff Gordon maneuvered this team through two expansion drafts, only losing Oscar Lindbergh and Colin Blackwell.
1: And we kicked him to the curb. <laughs> the, Anaheim the, Ducks, where...
0: the Anaheim Ducks gave up Shea Theodore to, to, to keep Josh Manson. Just to just a random example. The four of the gave, up, gave Alex...
1: up Riley Smith and Jonathan Marshus.
0: Well, they gave up Marshall so to convince Vegas to draft Riley Smith. Oh, the Minnesota man. Wild. Yeah, so the Minnesota Wild gave up Alex Tuck. Yep. Uh, so they could keep Matt Dumba. Um, yeah, there were some really interesting moves in that 2017 expansion draft. The Seattle Kraken expansion draft wasn't half as interesting, unfortunately.
1: No, it wasn't. There were so many guys available that they could have got Max Stomy. they could have got Vladimir Tarasenko, Price, even though Price wasn't going to go anywhere, and obviously he's he's been dealing with his own personal things going on this year. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there were there were a lot of big names for Seattle. They just said nope, we're <laughs> not taking yeah. them. Yeah, but all and,
0: right. And I think last thing I'll say on this, I think it's fair because if they would have gone for all those big names, you were setting the expectations extremely high because people expect you to make the Stanley Cup final, like Vegas did. True, very true. So by not by not going that route, they they took the pressure off their off their team for the first couple of years.
1: Yeah, that that's a very valid point. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, yeah. Vegas exceeded all their expectations, but because of the fact that Vegas did what they did, that is obviously what would prompt people thinking that Seattle could do a similar thing, especially if they landed some star players, you know, or at least have been a yeah. star in the league. Um, right. But yeah. 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 All right. Well, that's going to wrap things up for episode 48 of Rangers Review. Uh, again, apologize for going all over the place with this one, folks. I'm excited for the next one. Hopefully the Rangers get a couple wins. Maybe they got a couple wins or losses by the time you listen or watch this where we get your podcast. But we appreciate your support immensely. Happy to be back in the group of things to watch some Rangers hockey. And, yeah, we'll see how they do. And we'll be back hopefully Tuesday uh, next week. And that should, in fact, be March 1st. So looking forward to it. Uh, Thank you guys all so much. Again, we'll talk to you soon. And let's go, Rangers.
0: Let's go, Rangers.